everybody. Good to be with you. There's a difference in being alive and dead. Uh, the fact is that uh, we are alive because Christ is alive. And we have with us uh, Helva this morning. She's going to be with us in the first few minutes uh, uh, of the gathering here. Helva, how are you? I'm great, David. How are you? Good, good. Can you see us uh, live on YouTube? Are you able to see us live there? Uh, me? No, I'm having trouble right. well, us live on YouTube, but if everybody else can see us, that's perfect. Yeah, give us a thumbs up out there if you're in chat and you do see us. Uh, let me and Helva know that you can see us. We are with you. Helva, chances are, because you're in Canada and everything is censored, uh, chances are they may be censoring this broadcast this morning. Oh, I'm sure if they they if if they're monitoring my computer, they don't like me. They know I'm an enemy of the state, probably. <laughs> well, I know I know that uh, Trudeau. I'm not one of his favorite fans, so uh, you know it's. Uh, but anyway, that's this is not where we're get, we're not, not going to go down this rabbit hole this morning. Uh, we're going to wait for everybody to come in. Um, I consider this, and I've said this many times. I consider this. Um, a, a church. It's a church, uh, just like we would be in person. I think, I think God knew this time would come when we could be together uh, in truth and in spirit with each other in, in, a, in, a, in a broadcast, in, in a way in which we're doing now. God knew that, okay? And we have to take this seriously. Uh, we take it um, uh, with um, gratitude and so I wait for people to come in, just like we would have a door open on Sunday morning at a brick and mortar church. I mean, we're broadcasting from an old church built in 1884. Uh, we just don't have uh, people. But hell, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, we're spirit beings. I'm not sure. I mean, yes, we should come together physically. I understand that, uh, have fellowship. But if we're spirit beings, uh, we we can we can fellowship and worship the way we're doing now through broadcast, don't you think? Oh, for sure. The anointing goes through airwaves. Um, yes, for sure. Yeah, it it does. I mean, spirituality supersedes everything. Okay. In other words, there is no limitations on spirit. So when we're here together. God is here with us. Two or more are gathered in his name. And this is, this is just as powerful, folks, maybe more powerful than being in person in the way that the flesh isn't in the way. Because I noticed, Helva, a lot, you go to church a lot of times, you have to look at the way you dress, you look at other people, you know, you watch other people, you see the, the preacher up on the stage and the musicians and all this glitter and stuff. And sometimes it, it keeps me from being connected to God spiritually. What do you say about that? Yeah, it, it can be a distraction. And um, yes, people's focus can be on on other things. I grew up in most of the churches that I've ever gone to were more concerned about, you know, what so-and-so is wearing. And God forbid you wear the same outfit Sunday night as you did Sunday morning. And, and it's, it's, you know, if I'm called to pray, it's, you know, was my prayer long enough? Did it sound spiritual enough? There's, it becomes a performance to those around you to impress right. other Christians than it right. is, to, you know, what does God think of my worship? What does God think of my prayer? You know? Right. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. 
the flesh gets in the way. And I think we need to start honoring God and respecting our meetings uh, the way we're doing it now over the air, over this broadcast, over the gathering. I think we need to respect that just as much as going in person. Sometimes people treat meetings like this, gatherings, church like this, as a stepchild, as a not quite as good as, as a second best. However, God's laying on my heart this morning to say something I didn't know I was going to say. But I think we need to now honor this, put it up to par with physical gatherings. Uh, now, if you can do it physically, fine. But if you can't, we need to honor this in the same way we would do with physical gatherings. Oh, I agree. I agree. Because for, for some of us, this is, this is the only church we have. Right. Exactly. And God has something to say this morning. So, and uh, we're going to take prayer requests and I'm going to bring you back in when we have prayer requests. God willing, I'll bring you back in. Uh, <laughs> it, do we have anything in chat going on uh, this morning that I need to know about? Anybody in chat have anything to say that uh, needs to be said? Anybody? Not that I can see right now. There's a lot of, you know, just um, the saints greeting each other. Yeah, <laughs> we'll greet each other. The thing, Helva, we're not going to have here that you can have at most Baptist churches, most most Methodist, any other denominational and in, in uh, non-denominational church is you are not going to have Starbucks coffee shop here. You will not have donuts and you will not have cookies and you will not have all that crap that people put into their bodies. You're not going to have that here. So if you're going to do that, you got to do it at home, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I guess so. I brought my, my cappuccino with me. I know. Well, see, I've got two separate cups here. I got one. Right now, I'm drinking my coffee out of this. This is a Waffle House mug, and I'm not promoting Waffle House. But And then this is my last evangelist uh, mug right here. Now, why do I have two? Because I'm drinking water out of here. This is water. This is Jesus. This is uh, He is living water. And this right here is caffeine, so I can separate them, right? All right. You notice I put the living water in the last evangelist cup. So there you go. All right. Enough of that. All right, Helva, we'll, we'll see you in just a little bit. Okay. See you later. God bless you. Okay, everybody. Uh, so good to be with you this morning. What are we talking about? We're going to be talking this morning about something that's close to my heart. You know, when I was a little kid, I was bullied. I was fat. They called me four eyes. Um, they made fun of me. I, 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 was, I wasn't the kid that was just voted most likely to forget about succeed. I wasn't even voted to fail. I was a kid that never was even seen. Yeah. I mean, I, I was so fearful growing up from grade school all the way into high school of bullies picking on me every day i would plant my plan my 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 path from one class to the other because i knew in the hallways i was going to get bullied and i'm telling you i lived with a fear in my stomach i was a misfit i was an outcast and people go david how could that be i mean look at you now this is what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about how god can take a nothing misfit, a fat little four-eyed kid who got bullied. How God can take 
someone like that and turn them into, well, I'm still a piece of clay, but I'm God's clay, but turn him into a someone that wants to be a mighty warrior for God. Now, you notice I have to say wants to be because it's, it's, it's an everyday battle. I, I, I want to believe I'm a warrior for God. I want to believe I stand up. But you know something? I know this. I stand up for those that are misfits. I stand up for you sometimes. I stand up for others that are being picked on, that are being bullied. And I know you do too. And this is what I'm going to talk about this morning. I'm going to talk about spiritual integrity, the thing that is missing in a Christian's life that keeps them from using their authority. Let's go to James 1. We're going to go to James 1, 2 through 12. James 1 through 2 through 12. Uh, get your Bibles or get your, um, uh, get your phones or whatever it is you can get, but go to James, okay? Just don't hang out here and chat with us. Go to Scripture. Let's bring God into this. God has something important to say this morning, okay? Now, God speaks through people. He speaks through you. He speaks through me, but he speaks through Scripture, and that's why we must uh, honor Scripture. James 1, 2 through 12, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Folks, you cannot, you cannot be a Christian, an effective Christian, until you go through James 1, 2 through 4. You must be persecuted. You must be tested. It it enhances, it brings forth your faith. It brings forth perseverance. And perseverance makes you mature, a mature Christian. This is called spiritual integrity. And I'm going to show you how it happened to me. I'm going to give you that example. Like I said, I was a fat kid, bullied. Nobody cared about me. I felt alone. For years, I felt alone. I, I'd go home and I'd, I'd go into my bedroom after school and I would cry and I'd say, God, why? Why do I feel so miserable? Why do I not fit in with people? Why is it I can't play sports or I, I can't, you know, be involved in things and, and be in cliques? I see so many kids that they hang out and they're happy and I look at them and I feel like I'm an outsider looking in. God, why? Why? Then when I was seven years old, sitting on the front row in church, the preacher got on stage and when I say on stage, he got in the pulpit and he started preaching. He started preaching salvation. And he started talking to me about God's love and God's power and God's authority. And he said, there's somebody out there that wants to receive Jesus this morning. I don't know who you are, but I want you to come forth right now. Step out into that aisle and walk up to this altar. Nobody stood up. It was silent. There was no one. Then God spoke to me. He said, David, I want you to stand up. I want you to walk down there. I want you to kneel at this altar. 
I was seven years old. I got up. I went down. I knelt. Remember looking up at that preacher. He looked like a giant. He looked down at me and he, he had perspiration all over him because when he would preach, I mean, the sweat would start flying and, and he would just start preaching the fire of God. And he looked at me and he said, son, he said, do you know what you're doing? I said, I think so, preacher. I think I do. He said, I think you do too. I accepted Christ right there that morning. Seven years old. Even my parents didn't, but they weren't for sure. They didn't understand. They, they maybe didn't believe. But you see, folks, here's what happened. God saw this little seven-year-old fat boy with wearing glasses, getting bullied, getting picked on. And I'm going to paraphrase, but I'm going to say, God looked down and said, I've had enough. I have had enough. The days of little David getting picked on is not going to happen anymore. So I went to school and I started praying. I'd walk down the halls looking up, praying, and people would make fun of me, praying and praying and praying. But you see what happened, folks, listen to me, it's important. Is that God spoke to me that day. He said, David, you will stand up to the giant. You will stand up to the giant. Now I didn't stand up to the giant until late, years later, but now I'm gonna tell you how I stood up, when it happened, how it happened and the specifics on it. So I want you to stay with me. But maybe you out there, maybe you are a misfit or you feel like a misfit. Maybe when you grew up, maybe you didn't fit in. Folks, it'd be so easy for me to tell you, oh, yes, I was always, you know, I was uh, uh, president of my class. I was, I mean, it'd be so easy to say it's not true. I, what you're looking at today did not exist then. What you're looking at today, this piece of clay God has molded me into what you see now with his hands. And he's not done because I fail all the time. That's why I believe in altars. I believe that we constantly need to repent, need to turn back to God. I failed last night. Took my son to watch a movie called, uh, called uh, A Man Called Otto. It was a Tom Hanks movie. Uh, it was it, it 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 was a character study, but it was a very depressing movie. It's not something my son went to me. I said he's sixty years old, Abraham. I said, "Hey, what's the guy movie?" He says, "Dad," because the guy tried to kill himself three times in the movie. The, Abe said, "I wish he would have succeeded the first time. It would have been a shorter movie." Um, it's it was a depressing movie. Okay, it was it was a good character study, but I didn't need to see that. So anyway, I take him out after for a hamburger after um, after the movie. And then, uh, you know, I got this little McDonald's coupon. You buy one hamburger, you get one free. And of course, I give them the coupon. They charge me for one hamburger, but they only give me one hamburger. I said, where's my second hamburger? And they said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, we can't do that. I said, I gave you a coupon. They said, uh, well, this coupon doesn't work here. I said, 
doesn't work here. Why didn't you tell me that before I gave you my, my $2.50, you know? Well, I got mad and I get out of the car, you know, I'm in the drive-thru. I get out of the car, I walk back to the, to the, to the window where they charge you, charge you the money. And, I start, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to, I'm, God spoke to me and said, David, you've lost your mind. And I said, yes, Lord, I, I have lost my mind. I need to put your mind, mind of Christ back into me. So folks, I fail all the time, but I repented. I said, I was sorry to my son and uh, you know, we move on, right? But anyway, anger got a hold of me. All right, let me get back on track here. Now, I was a misfit. All right, I want to know about you guys in chat. You know, do you do you feel like you weren't that nobody cared about you? That people didn't even know who you were. You know, or worst case scenario, they knew who you were. Maybe you were a superstar, and then you crashed and burned. I've seen those guys in my school. I had a, a, a school reunion about I don't know thirty years later. And uh, everybody that was voted most likely to succeed, uh, they came there and they, uh, they were like 100 pounds overweight, bald, uh, you know, whatever. You, and, and they were, uh, you know, either on drugs or just gotten off drugs. And I thought, wait a minute, this guy, this guy was a football star. He was supposed to be playing for, for the Packers or he was, you know. No, they crashed and burned because it was built on a false foundation, folks. Built on, so I think God he he took nothing and turned it into something instead of taking something and turns it into nothing, and that's what happens when we don't have God in our life. The world gives us something, but then it ends up being nothing because it's not of God. We are so blessed to be nothing, and God takes nothing and He makes it into something. That's why you're going through persecution. That's why you're going through trials and tribulation. Because God is taking nothing and making something miraculous. He's making you. Let's go to verse 5. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. All right. If you need something... You ask for wisdom. You see, so many times we're going through persecution and we want to go to counseling. We want to turn to drugs. We want to turn to food. We want to turn to alcohol. Go to God for wisdom. God, I need this. God's word says that he will answer you and give you what you need generously without finding fault. He's not going to condemn you, folks. We have been condemned enough. That's why I don't go to most churches. Because the ones that are fundamentals, they want to condemn. And now I'm going to give you the story about how I received integrity. You see, throughout Hollywood, my career, I always had my movie made, making, David, Monday through Saturday, I would go into Hollywood making movies. And then on Sunday, I was a music minister, if you could believe that. And I would put on my Sunday morning hat and I would do music. Oh yeah, praise and worship. But then I'd take it off and go to Hollywood Monday through Saturday. I was a hypocrite. I was double-minded. But then one day, it got so bad, the persecution is talked about in James 1, the persecution. It became so, in other words, there were two sides battling. 
that I crashed and I burned and I literally died one night on a bathroom floor. I believe I stopped breathing. I believe I died. I believe God brought me back from the dead. He did because I was a dead man walking. You said, Dave, you were a Christian. Yes, I was, but I was a dead Christian walking. Do not fall into the trap of thinking because you accepted Christ, though you're lukewarm, you're ineffective. Do not go there. It does not hold water with God. God's looking for a few good men and women that will get out there and do what Jesus did. So I fell to the floor, but when God brought me up, he took that movie-making David, and he brought that Sunday go to, to church David. He brought him together, and I came up as one. It's called spiritual integrity. The only thing is there's a problem with that because when you, no matter where you go, you take God with you. Even if you go into church, you take Hollywood or you take your work with you. Folks, you are one. No one can split you up. You're one. It's called spiritual integrity. You walk into a room, demons tremble. Why? Because you're one. You walk into a room, you don't analyze who are you going to offend, who are you not going to offend, or you don't want to offend anybody. You are one. You are you. You do what you do. You do what God calls you to do. God will take care of everything else. And besides, the demons, they will tremble. Many people out there, you want to do deliverance, do you? Yeah. Well, Dave, we have a deliverance ministry. We do deliverance. Really? Yeah, yeah, we cast out demons. <laughs> That's great. My question is, though, do you have spiritual integrity? What? No matter where you go, do you take God with you? And I asked myself the same question. Folks, do not try to cast out a demon until we deal with the demons of spiritual integrity in ourselves. I will come into demonic warfare and I will have to look at myself and say, David, are you integrated? Or are you double-minded? Because, David, if you're double-minded, don't you deal with that demon. He will whoop your butt. So right now we're going to start with the with the with the core of it. There's no way we can have authority until we have spiritual integrity. It won't exist. Spiritual integrity, I love it. All right, uh, let's go to six. When you ask for wisdom, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable in all they do. The scripture also says you cannot please the Lord unless you believe. I'm not talking about believing in Jesus. That's The, the devil believes in Jesus. Well, David, I believe in Jesus. Well, whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. A lot of people believe in Jesus. They don't even believe in Satan. Believing in Jesus is just the beginning. This is the beginning. It's walking with Jesus. It's doing what Jesus did. It's saying what Jesus said. It's living the life that Jesus lived. But Jesus was God. He was perfect. Well, yeah, of 
course. God understands that you're flesh, I'm flesh. God, God knows that you're a piece of clay, I'm a piece of clay. God knows that we make mistakes, but the mistake we cannot make, folks, is we cannot make the mistake of not getting up and doing something because we're afraid of making mistakes. You have an assignment on your life. God has created you for a specific reason. You, you are God's handiwork. You're God's handiwork. I know that's what Ephesians said. Says, you're God's handiwork. Matter of fact, go to Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Folks, let me tell you something. I hear preachers preach on this, but they're preaching on it like it's a cherry on top of the Sunday. They're not, they're not preaching the, the ice cream at the bottom. You know, they're preaching on, on, on a shallow sermon about, you know, you're going to accept Christ and then go out and, and, and preach the word of God on the street. Well, nothing wrong with that, but, but it goes much deeper than this. Ephesians 2.10, for we, you and I are God's handiwork. What is a handiwork? A handiwork is something created specifically for something. I saw a violin, very expensive violin, beautiful violin. I saw someone pick it up and play it, and it was gorgeous. I mean, the, the, the violin, they played it, it was just beautiful. But that violin, the way it was made, was so specific and so beautiful that it created such a beautiful music. Folks, you are that violin, and God wants to play you. Okay, he created you for a reason, not just to go out on the street and preach Jesus, not to just hand out flyers. Yes, do that. But he gave you an assignment. He gave you ability. He gave you talent. He gave you a gift. But are you using it? Am I using it? Are we using it to our full capacity? And many of you, several weeks ago, we talked about our gift. Some sing, some dance, some act, some make movies. That's what I do. Some all should evangelize. But also gifts are encouragement. Gifts are helping. Gifts uh, are, 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 are even financially supporting uh, ministries. I mean, there's all kinds of gifts, assignments that God has called us to do. Because we are a body of Christ. We work together. We're a military for God. We're God's military. Spiritual integrity. We're going to pray this morning. Each and every one obtains, has, understands spiritual integrity. And let me tell you something. Spiritual integrity, it never ends. Because every time you go to a new level, there's a new level of spiritual integrity. I always tell people, the closer you get to the truth, the less people you're going to have around you. That's right. It's true. The less people, the more, the closer you get to the truth, 
And that's the truth on everything, that it's truth based on God's word. The closer you get to that and the closer in the, and the more you cling on to it, the less people will be around you. You'll look around and you will pretty much be alone. Many are called, few are chosen. The road is narrow. What part of that do we not understand? Yes, you and I love each other. We, we are together. We, for the most part, we agree. And we shouldn't agree on everything. If we did, we'd turn it into a cult. But we certainly love one another. We don't come out and bash each other. All right? Just like a couple weeks ago, I had people bashing me because I wouldn't, you know, bash the Grammys, bash uh, Smith and uh, Kim Cattrall. And, and I'm talking to bash them. When I say bash them, I mean come after them individually, call them out. Uh, you know, no, I called out their agenda, which was transsexualism, transsexual. I called out that. And besides, I don't call out any individual. I call out the sin, and we should call out the sin. You see, these are broken people doing evil things. Now, can they be possessed? Can they be of the Antichrist? Yes, but I don't know them personally. So people came to me and they said, David, you should have bashed them. You should have stood in line with us and you should have tarred and feathered. But no wonder people don't want to come to God when you have, and I picked on the right wing Christians. I'm talking right wing. It's so extreme that they might want to put on a Ku Klux Klan outfit. That's what I'm talking about, that extreme. I stood alone, maybe misunderstood. I said, folks, even though I do come against many things and I speak out and I, I preach hellfire and brimstone, you still have to love people. You have to love people where they are. You don't accept them. You do not accept their situation and you let them know that. But you leave that door open that if God calls them, they're able to walk through it. Because, buddy, if you don't leave that door open, Satan will leave the door open to the occult. So we stand alone. Sometimes when God says to you, everyone's picking on this misfit. Everyone's picking on this, this, this transgender, this homosexual, this, uh, this person that everyone's picking on them. God says to you, don't you pick on them. You pray for them. You love them. You let them know that there is a thing called repentance. You let them know that there's hope for them. Because there was a time I didn't know if there was any hope for me. Even though I accepted Christ at seven years old, I backslid. Now I want to tell you my story. I accepted Christ at seven God shielded me, gave me protection at seven years old as I walked through school every day getting bullied. But my spiritual integrity did not kick into effect until um, some five years later. I was in the ninth grade. I was in art class and there was a bully, big guy, always bigger than me. I was a little guy then. And he always liked to, as I walked up front to, to send in my homework, to give my homework, or it was in our class to, to give him my painting, he would put his foot out and trip me. 
or he would push me when no one was looking. And I was so afraid, I didn't want to get pushed. It was humiliating. I remember that one day, as my teacher said, okay, I want you all to come in and hand in your uh, art and you can hold it up and tell people about it. And I'd painted my little picture. And I prayed to God, I said, God, I don't want this to go on anymore. I don't want to be bullied anymore. Help me face my fear. God, do something, intervene. Give me wisdom. I was talking about James and I didn't even know it. James one, I was crying for wisdom and God was faithful. He gave me the wisdom. It was called spiritual integrity as he brought this little boy at nine year, uh, ninth grade, brought him together. Was no longer double-minded, was no longer fearful. See, when you're fearful, you're double-minded because fear is of the devil. So you're bouncing from devil to the God, devil to God, devil to God. But he brought me together. I walked down that aisle. And that bully stuck out his leg in front of me and I stopped. And I would not move forward. I didn't know what I was doing, folks. I just prayed to God for wisdom. This is why I want to share this with you, because right now you're hurting. You have a situation in your life. You have a loved one that needs to accept Christ, and they're not. And if they died right now, they would go to hell for eternity. You're separated from your family. There needs to be restoration. You're sick. There needs to be a healing. You're battling addiction. There needs to be deliverance. You're facing a situation and you're asking God for wisdom, you don't need to know how it's going to be dealt with. All you need to know is James 1, 2 through 12, that when you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you. He will deliver you. Not some preacher, not some deliverance service, but God gives you wisdom. He will deliver you. So I stopped. The bully had his big old long leg out in front of me. I just stopped. The kids, they all looked around. They knew what was going on because they'd seen it so many times. But they were shocked this time that I stopped. And I looked at that bully and I said, you will move your leg. <laughs> and he laughed. <laughs> Well, it just so happened the teacher had walked out of the room. So this bully had a perfect opportunity to go even further. And he laughed at me. And he stood up in front of me. And he hovered over me at least two and a half feet. And he looked down on me. He said, you want to say that again? And I'm going to paraphrase. It was too many years ago. I don't remember. But I just remember looking up, up him. And I said, you're going to move. You're going to move. He just laughed. He, he, and then he started looking around. Like, that was a little bit uncomfortable. Like, what's this guy doing? He's never done this before. He's never stood up to me. This is what happens, folks. When we stand up to the devil, he gets confused. 
Because so many times we yield to fear, we yield to, to the addiction, we yield to uh, you know uncertainty. But when you stand up to the demon, the first line of, uh, of order is that he's going to be confused because he doesn't know what's going on now. Change of behavior. So I said, you will move. He laughed, but his laugh this time is a little bit nervous. He says, says who? And I remember saying this. I remember saying this. I said, says God. <laughs> says God. <laughs> Boy, he busted out laughing. And some of the people, some of the uh, students laughed too. I could hear them laughing. But it was nervous laugh because they thought this was a little weird. So remember, folks, when I was seven years old, I accepted Christ. And for years going through school, I would pray in the hallways and he would supernaturally protect me from a lot of bullying. But not all the time, because God wasn't finished with me yet. I had to be delivered into integrity. And this is where my integrity started kicking in. Sometimes integrity may not happen all at once. It happens in phases. Okay? So don't get discouraged if you do the walk and you stumble. Because we all do. And we all will. Okay? We're in the flesh. I said, God, God said that. You're going to move. <laughs> well, he didn't move. And I didn't know what to do. I just said, God, I, I was thinking, God, I, I, so I stood back. Now, some of you guys may disconnect when I say this, but I have to be honest with you. And I got to tell you what happened. So please don't judge me. I was in the ninth grade. What was I? I don't know, 14 years old or something. I stood back. I positioned myself in front of that bully. And I'm going to say that bully was a demon. I, I believe that bully had a demon in him because I believe the reason he did what he did is because he was bullied or his parents abused him. But he had all this anger and all this evil inside of him that he had to reach out and do it to other people. I believe that now. I didn't know it then. But I was facing a demon. Okay. I was facing a demon. I stood back, I put up my little hands in position, and he looked at me like, I could tell he was really confused. <laughs> he just started laughing. Now, the people, the other students, they weren't laughing now. I said, you will move, <laughs> you will move. And he just laughed. And then all of a sudden, and I'm going to tell you the truth. I can only tell you what happened. I can't make this stuff up. It wasn't my power. It wasn't my strength. It wasn't even me. But I believe the Holy Spirit took this little right hand and he swung it around and he planted a punch right on this demon's cheek right here. Now I'll tell you why I believe it was from God. And I'm going to explain this in detail because I didn't have the power to punch him. I, had, I didn't have that power, folks. I was too little. You have to understand that. I don't know they even had the, 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 the courage to do it. So God stepped in. He said, you know what? 
my son, David, he's, he's stepped up so far. He's done this. He's believed me. I'm going to see him through. See, folks, sometimes we don't meet God 50-50, all right? It's usually 99, 1%. 1% on our part, 99 on the other. Remember the prodigal son? He saw his son from a distance, dropped everything, ran and grabbed his son, prepared that fattened cow, put a ring on his finger, robe around him. That's what God does to us. He just wants to see us start doing something. You don't need to stand alone. God is with you. So he brought my little hand around, punched him. Everybody clapped in the room. Folks, when you take down a giant, when you take down a demon, the people that were fearful and stood behind that demon will now come out. And just like the armies of Israel, when little David took down that Goliath, all of a sudden the, the, the armies of Israel came against the Philistines. They all charged them. So when you stand up and God uses you as a mighty warrior and you take down a demon, you will see people come out of the woodwork. They will clap. And then they will stand also. But unfortunately, God calls us to be on the front lines. He's calling somebody. I think he's calling you. Now, this bully, he tried to tell everybody, well, I know he hit me. Listen, everybody, I know he hit me, but it didn't really hurt. And that's how I knew it was God. See, God humiliated him, this demon, and took his power away. What was his power? His power was the illusion that he could actually fight, but he couldn't, he was too scared. His power was the fear that we all had. But see, I stood up to him, this little kid, and he wouldn't fight me. He was afraid to even put his hands up. And I punched him and he was humiliated. So see, God will take people, he will disarm the weapon of the enemy. Okay, I hope I didn't go on too long explaining that, but I think it's important for us to know um, all right, so let's go to, uh, uh, we said we were God's handiwork, right? Where are you in your assignment? Your assignment, where are you? Okay, what is your assignment? Sometimes our assignments change. But David, my assignment is I need to bring my family back together. It is. Where are you in that? God's calling you right now to step up to that. Don't be lax. David, my assignment is to start, uh, God wants me to start a ministry. God wants me to start a business. Uh, I need to deal with this addiction. That's my, that is your assignment right now. That's what you need to deal with. And that's what we're going to deal with this morning. Your assignment. Everyone has one. Let's go to verse 9 uh, in James. Uh, James 1 uh, verse 9. Um, believers. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. See, I was a little boy, humble circumstances, little fat kid, wore glasses. Nobody even knew who I was except the kid that got bullied. I was in humble circumstances. But you see, I took pride in my high position. What was my high position? My high position was next to, was with Christ at the right hand of the Father. But that's where he's raised you and I up to. My high position, I obtain authority. I obtain power or the right ability to use it. 
So let's get back to that. Do not try to deal with demons. Do not try to use your authority until you have dealt with spiritual integrity. Let me tell you something. I talk to people all the time. Say, David, I've got spiritual integrity. I said, have you ever had problems in your life spiritually? Like, you know, struggles, uh, you know, oh, you know, I've got, no, I'm talking about real stuff. Don't talk to me about you couldn't find the right church to go to. Don't talk to me about you struggled to graduate from sip. Don't talk to me about that stuff. I'm talking about real life stuff. I'm talking about addiction. I'm talking about families that have disintegrated. I'm talking about being left alone. I'm talking about feeling like there's nobody that understands when you get to that point and you look around and you say, God, there's nobody left except you and I, I have nowhere to go. When you get to that point, you have been persecuted. When you get to that point, only spiritual integrity can come in, can be developed. See, that's the problem with most Christians going to these six flags over Jesus churches, this lukewarm stuff, they have no spiritual integrity because they have no challenge. They have no persecution. How can, tell me something. I want to see the persecution when I see these SUVs pull up into these 10,000 seaters every Sunday and they go in, they do the same thing. I want to see the persecution. Show me where they're being persecuted. Well, uh, they couldn't buy this year's SUV. Huh. Well, I can't move into the neighborhood that, you know, Joe Schmo moved into because they got a big house. And I'm like, huh. get real, folks. Get real. Let's tell the truth. And I say this humbly. All these people going to these churches, not all, but many. They're lukewarm, lukewarm. What did Jesus say about lukewarm? He said, I wish you were hot or cold. At least you would have a chance. If you're hot, that's great. If you're cold, at least you're cold. But lukewarm, you think you're okay? Which is what the religious people were when he walked the face of the earth. He said, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I don't know about you guys, but I do not want to be regurgitated out of the mouth of Jesus. I do not want to excuse, I, forgive me, Lord, if I'm using too much liberty. I don't want to be part of God's vomit. That's not how I want to end my life. By the way, when, you, when that happens, you're not going to be vomited into heaven. If you're lukewarm and you're listening to me right now and somehow you stumbled accidentally across this, this broadcast, across this gathering, you need to listen to me. If you are doing what we're talking about right now, you will not be vomited into heaven. You will be vomited straight to hell. There's no puke in heaven. There's no such thing as heavenly puke. I don't know, maybe that's, why, that's what I should title this broadcast, Heavenly Vomit. Folks, listen. I'm not telling you I get it right. I don't. I'm just willing to get up and do something, right? I'm willing to be crazy enough for God to do and say something. 
And then I pray that when I click this camera off, that when I go about my life, I can live my life in the way that God is telling me to live on this broadcast. That's, that's my prayer. And, 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 I, and that's my prayer for you, is that we don't put on a front, that we live our life behind closed doors as we do. We don't always, but we try, we strive and we pray and we ask God. All right, verse 10. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. Who's the rich? The rich are the religious. Yeah, they're also people that have a lot of money. They don't know God. But remember, they're cold. Jesus said, rather be for you to be cold than to be lukewarm. The cold aren't rich. The cold are cold. The rich are the ones that think they have God, but they don't. They're actually poor. It's the religious. It's not the government while we're in this situation. It's not the government. It's not, it's not your teacher. It's not your employer. It is the lukewarm church is the why we are where we are today. And thank God for you. That God raises you up as a mighty warrior to, 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 to tell the truth. To sound the trumpet, to be part of a gathering like this that is willing to speak the things that we speak. Thank God for you. You're not perfect, and neither am I. But you see, God has an assignment. And when He has an assignment, a vision for you, He will give you provision, whether it's financially. Mentally, emotionally, he'll provide. Never, he will never tell you to do something and give you circumstances that will stop it. That's not God. But Satan will give you circumstances. But you see, my mother and father, they spent every nickel they had. I was a songwriter. My, my earthly mother and father spent every nickel they had and bought me a, an amplifier so I could play music and a microphone. And they bought me this and spent every nickel they had. And I took this amplifier and I gave it to a church in trade for recording a record for me. I said, here's an amplifier. I don't have any money, but I want to record a record. I gave it to the church. They said, we'll record your record. They had a little recording studio. Folks, they never recorded it. They never recorded it. I'm not going to go into it. They were religious. They were liars. You ask me, why do I come against religion? Because religion is a misrepresentation of the real God. I, dis, that's despicable. Let someone talk about Satan. They represent Satan. Let them dance at the Grammys. They dance. They, they, uh, they, they, they worship. Fine. But don't give me a Six Flags Over Jesus church that misrepresents the living God. That's when my blood starts to boil. Because we know they, they, the, the Satanists worship Satan. But it's when the lukewarm church, that say they're Christians, that take and manipulate the word of God and use it for their own benefit. Those are the sons of hell. Because not only do they go to hell, they drag people with them. That's in the Bible. I think John said that. My parents gave everything. The church took it away. But you see, in the same way my parents, Parents gave me everything for my assignment. 
the heavenly father has given you and I everything for our assignment. What is that? He gave his only son to die on the cross. Every drop of blood that came down was dedicated to our assignment. It was for us. It was for you as the father hung on the cross. It was for you and it was for me. We're going to take prayer request. And my prayer this morning is that each and every one of us will have spiritual integrity. If God's laid on your heart this morning that you have a prayer request, I want you to put it in chat. I want you to email admin at davidhebner.tv. Help us there to take those prayer requests. We can't get her on the air. We're going to have her email them over. Folks, I don't know how to say this. I've said it so many times, but God has given you a reason to be here. You're his handiwork. He's got something for you to do, something specific that no one else can do except you. It's time now to say, God, I accept my assignment and I repent. for not stepping up to the plate before now. God, use me. I know, God, that you sent your son. You gave everything you had, which was your begotten son, your only son, the most precious thing to you. You gave him so that I could live, so that I could have an assignment, so I could live my assignment. Forgive me, God, for not, for not realizing that. Oh, I, I've said it, but I never really realized it. I never stood on it. But God, if you can give me your only son, I can give you all I am. Restore in me. Give me spiritual integrity. Let me stand for you, God, and not worry about what man is going to say. Let me seek for truth all the days of my life. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, time shall be no more. When the morning breaks, eternal, bright and fair, the saved on earth shall gather over on the other shore. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. See, when the roll is called up yonder, folks, it's just going to be a few good men and women. Don't think for a moment that we can go to church on Sunday and maybe Wednesday night. Go to a Bible study. Don't think for a moment that we can do that, but then not have spiritual integrity, not stand up for the things of God. If, you're, if you don't have persecution in your life, then folks, you're in danger. But if you've been persecuted like I have, and I know many of you have, then you're on the road. 
narrow road. The narrow road to eternity with the Father. When the road is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. I want you to know that for sure, when the roll is called up yonder, you'll be there. There's many saints that's gone before us. They are there. Perhaps your family, and perhaps you have family that they don't know the Lord and you want them to be there. We're going to stand with you this morning. We're going to stand with you in your addiction. You are not alone. You say, David, I've been a misfit all my life. Nobody really understands me. I, I've messed up so bad. I wanted to please man. We're standing with you right now. We're standing with you. We're agreeing and believing in spiritual integrity. That you are now going to be glued together as God's handiwork. To be made perfect for his assignment that he's given you. I want you to rejoice that we can be here. That it's not too late. Because we don't know when we'll take our last breath. We don't know if we'll be here next week. We don't know if the Lord's coming back in the next moment or so. Let's take it seriously. We're talking eternity. When God sees you on your knees repenting, like right now I believe you are, with tears running down your face, saying, God, forgive me. When he sees that, God runs to you with his arms around you. And he embraces you as his child. He says, I'm with you. You don't walk alone. God, take my addiction. I've tried so many times. God's putting his arms around you right now. You're not alone. Loneliness, depression, anxiety. God has his arms around you. You're not alone. Financial distraught, disintegration of the family. You need a restoration. God's restoring you right now. You're not alone. We're going to take some prayer requests this morning. If you have prayer requests, I want you to to send them to, um, to Helga. I'm gonna bring her in here and uh, let's see if we can get Helga here. Helga, you there with me? Yeah, I okay. think I am. Uh, you sure are, praise God for that. Uh, what's our prayer request this morning? Well, do we wanna start out with praise reports or prayer requests? Yeah, let's do praise reports. Let's have the praise reports. <laughs> Okay, um, Christ rules all, and I'm just using YouTube names. Um, after five years of taking anti-anxiety meds, God told me to stop. It's been a month now with no withdrawals, nothing. I'm healed. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, we're going to stand with you that that healing continues. Let's put them on our, on our uh, prayer request. 
Uh, Shelly says that her son-in-law's femur bone is regrowing. Praise God, Shelly. Awesome. That's a miracle. Yeah. Lisa said, thank you. I needed this today. I've been feeling unworthy. Uh -huh. Praise God, Lisa. We love you. We stand with you. And we're all there. We're all there. But now you know you're worthy. Okay. And Tony has a praise report from the Dr. Bailey interview um, that we did couple of Mondays ago. Okay. He said, I wasn't binding the crucial step about the altars. Thank you so much for helping us fight this warfare coming against us. We wow. have to get stronger because they never stop targeting us. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yes. Okay. So prayer requests. Um, I didn't notice until afterwards. Uh, his lamb was starting to experience chest pains during the start of our, the program today. Um, I don't believe they're still on, um, but yeah, we need to pray for, for that, okay. that person. Okay. Um, a lot of people talking about how they've been bullied, some overcoming, some still, you know, hurting from it years and years later. Yeah. Uh, one person commented, all I know is that now I am God's. I'm his now forever. He's the rock of my life. And one person said, the body of Christ is my family. <laughs> so uh, today's message spoke to a lot of hearts for sure. Um, DKV2 says, just worry about making your heart beautiful for Jesus. So there's a lot of encouragement going on in the chat today, which was beautiful to look. Yeah. Little Emmy wants prayer for loneliness. Okay. Melissa's daughter was severely bullied in school and continues to struggle with depression and anxiety. Okay, Melissa's daughter. Okay. Roxy fell and hurt her arm and it's very sore still. Okay. Lisa is asking for wisdom. Okay. Matt has heart catheter surgery on Tuesday. Matt with the surgery, okay. Yeah, um, several people were posting their assignments. Um, so if you want to pray that, you know, God will strengthen them to fulfill their assignments. Awesome, awesome. I love Jesus forever. Um, dog of 14 years died yesterday, so there is grief for losing pets for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sharon needs healing in her ears she's been suffering with something in her ears for a long time okay uh wendy commented great preaching and pray for my thyroid i have a biopsy in march okay all right um hillary wants prayer that god's will will be done in her life okay Tony says, pray for me. Okay. Um, several people have been hurt by the church, so we can pray for them as well. Betty says, pray that the Lord heals our land and that the pastors would become bold again. Yeah, yeah, so true, so true, yeah. Uh, Dark Hosis is recovering from the flu and is under spiritual attack. Okay, dark hostess. Dark hostess. Hostess, okay. Okay, under spiritual attack, okay. 
And a lot of people are requesting prayer for their families, either, you know, relationships, unsaved loved ones, that kind of thing. So it's just too many to list all the names, but yeah, people. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. All right. Okay, Helva. Thank you so much. God bless you. We're going to go to the Lord uh, in prayer. And um, Helva, you take care of yourself in Canada there because uh, uh, we need to pray for you guys up there north of the border thank you thank you and god bless everybody have a great week god bless you all <clears throat> okay each and every person that held a mention the name god you um you heard their request you know their request they spoke it father they believe and we Father, there's so many people out there that have families that have been destroyed. Right now, I'm asking for a restoration of the family. Right now, there are people out there fighting addiction. We're coming against the demons of addiction right now. In the name of Jesus, devil, you have no right. You will flee. You are gone. You will not come back. We command a healing on each and every person listening to us right now, with us right now. We command that healing. Father, restore our land. Give our pastors boldness. I'm asking for a supernatural miracle that it happens in the pulpit. Father, take the ones out of the pulpit that are deceivers. Take them out. Lord, put the ones in that are willing to get up and take the hits and stand for the people. Father, right now, call your people out of the lukewarm church and bring them into the fire. We praise you. We thank you. Holy trust him. Holy trust him. Holy trust him now. Now, if you prayed a prayer, you've got to believe it. If you've asked for prayer, you've got to receive it. Double mind. Double mindedness, there's no room in heaven for two minds, just the mind of Christ. Holy trust him, only trust him, only trust him now, he will save you. Oh, he will save Save you now. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for answering prayer this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for dealing with our addictions and taking them away. Thank you for this restoration of families. Thank you for bringing us back into spiritual integrity for your word this morning. 
We love you, we praise you, we honor you, and we walk with you. Holy trust him, holy trust him, holy trust him now. He has saved me, oh, you have saved me, Lord, you have saved me, you have saved me now. I love you guys. If you would like to help support this ministry, please go to davidhevener.tv forward slash give. Um, we really need your help. We need your prayers. If you would like to support Last Evangelist, go to lastevangelist.com. If you would like to get any of our DVDs, uh, whether it be End Times Investigation or uh, Last Evangelist DVD, um, I, I wanna share these with you because it's important. God gave us this as a ministry. You can watch it on davidhevener.tv. Uh, if you haven't signed up to davidhevener.tv, I'd like for you to do it, please. Uh, it would help support the ministry. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. You get 30 days free. Here's the True Power book. Uh, and then uh, last but not least, here's the End Times Investigation. Um, somebody says, David, why are you always having things that you're telling people to go get, to buy? Well, first of all, if you can't afford it, I want to give it to you because it's the ministry. But second of all, when you do buy merchandise, when you do donate, when you do sign up to David Heavener TV, uh, it's supporting the ministry. It's allowing me to come to you. Uh, folks, th this is not free. This is not free. It's expensive to broadcast on Monday nights, Sunday morning for me not to go do other things and just devote it to the word of God. Um, I, I really do appreciate it. You can text the word chosen to 91999. You can call 844-806-0006, or you can just uh, go to davidhevener.tv forward slash give or forward slash order. I love you guys. I appreciate you all. Please remember to pray for us on Last Evangelist episode two. There's a lot of 